and welcome. This is How We Live Online. I'm Joanna. I'm Christina. And this is our final internet cafe of the internet auspices season in which we have been predicting a lot about the future of the internet. I feel like this season has been a lot about tech, tech and time as we did earlier in the season but it's it's been pretty it's been tech heavy i would say which is you know the point yeah well i feel like we've had a few themes um and one of them i do feel like has was like the physical to the the abstract right Mm -hmm. so i feel like yeah for that reason we talked a lot about how technology has changed yeah how we use it Mm-hmm. How we live online, yeah. I say, mm-hmm. yeah. Last time we were talking about how we were about to have martinis, and we had them, and we we had them on Joanna's birthday. Joanna, what do you think of them? I've been thinking about this a lot because I've also been talking to a lot of people about it since we hyped up so much that we. We were having martinis. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to know how they are. First off is that I learned that a lot of people have never had a martini. I don't know about everyone else, but I would just like you all, as I have, to take a moment to consider like just your cultural perception of martinis <laughs> and like why that <laughs> exists. Because it's yeah. so interesting, like... To me, a martini meant so many things. Yeah. Um, but after having had it, <laughs> I maybe feel inadequate. They look so much, they look so cool. Like there's the James Bond shaken not stirred. There's any like kind of icy, classy character who has an edge. I feel like there are a lot of evil characters who love martinis or like mean or bad characters or I don't know, Grace and Frankie. Grace likes martinis. Mm-hmm. Who, I think Samantha likes martinis of Sex and the City or she just is a kind of character that would in my mind. And... It's like the shape of the glass and that they look like so like crisp and kind of frosty Mm -hmm. and the way that you have to hold it because of the shape of the glass is very like, like you're holding a cigarette or something. Yeah. You really have to have your palm up and it just feels very gestural. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And, and so Joanna and I, I guess, completely made up that we should have already had a martini. Like we're like in our mid basically now and i'm 24 join us 25 or i'm about to be 25 in august august 19th august 19th august 19th is my birthday anyway um <laughs> uh, and yeah this just this idea that like we're like adult women like we should be cool and have martinis and so then we went to the VMFA bar, the bar above the museum, because we're classy. And we were like, I'm scared. And then I asked the bartender, we were, I was just like, look, we've never had martinis before. What do we do? And then he gave us a little rundown. 
he was very helpful. Yeah. He was like, oh, like what kind of martini, like gin or vodka, what kind of gin, shaken or stirred. Like he was very helpful. Um, And I appreciated that. I think he made our first martinis, like the context for them, I think was better than it could Mm -hmm. have been. Yeah, because I was afraid that I was just I was just intimidated. I don't know why. I think it's because we built it up so much and then it made it kind of fun. I mean, it was fun and ridiculous. And I was like, oh my God, like, what if he's going to be mean? But the bartender was just so nice. He was like, oh, you've never had a martini? Like, do you you know about them? This is what they are. How about I make one that, and then we were both like gin because vodka's gross. And then he was like, let me make one shaken, one stirred. Joanna, the B-Day girl, got the shaken. I got the stirred. Let me tell you, big difference. <laughs> big difference. There was a big difference. Yeah. The stirred one was just so, it was just so like gin forward because you would mm-hmm. like taste. It was just like that. Yeah. And then the stirred one was like, oh, I see how both things are happening in here. Or sorry, the shaken one was, I don't know, just more integrated. And also more yeah. aerated or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I would, I think we both preferred the shaken to the stirred. The stirred mm-hmm. one didn't even get finished. Like, but I think also we both had the experience of like the first sip and the second sip were like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then the last sips were like, oh, okay. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it got worse as we went on. Um, and then so the so we had both tried two martinis okay we were feeling good about that mm-hmm. we were going to another bar to try a subsequent martini mm-hmm. and there was a wait mm-hmm. so we pulled off into a sidebar to take mm-hmm. a break <laughs> that we needed we were both like um okay i guess we'll go get the other martini now oh no we can't do- oh no what do we do well, i get but well, i guess we should go get a beer do you want a beer should we get a beer no no, actually, wait, I kind of want a beer. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think we need a break. So. And then we had the best beer of our lives. Just uh, cold. ice cold PBR. Yeah. Something about it just felt new. It was the most delicious drink we had all night. <laughs> yeah. I I do have to say, though, I think we both prefer beer. Over most other alcohol, though. Yeah, we just prefer beer. Like, just give me a beer in one hand, give me a pizza in another hand. Like, that's basically. That... <laughs> I was about to say, is that Gigi Hadid? I have no idea if she says that, but. No, it's just beer and pizza, cool girl. That's what we are. No, the thing is that we're very cool. Yeah. And very sophisticated wait so i guess we're not like (laughs) martini cool girl we're beer and pizza chill girl (laughs) yeah like if we have to categorize (laughs) and label based on stereotype no like i'm just like i'm just like just like give me a beer like yeah just like let's just like go the martini was just like a lot it's just a lot like and you know i would rather have just like kick my feet up, like slice a za, ice cold PBR <laughs> in the back yard. It's like in the dirt. <laughs> in the dirt. 
sticking my toes in the mud. There's like at least five mosquitoes. I don't even care. Yeah, I don't even feel it. Yeah. The boys are like grilling something up. We're playing beer spy. Yeah. And like, it's just a vibe and it's just chill and it's just, you know, like dressing up and like going to get a martini. That's just not us. Yeah. Yeah. Except that is us because we did that. And yeah. I had fun doing that. No, I also I enjoyed more like the atmosphere we created than the actual martini. Yeah, I like because we basically made our own bar crawl. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I it's because we had like a mission and mm-hmm. we had locations. It's like a scavenger mm-hmm. hunt. Tell us about martini number two. Okay, so the second martini we had, guys, this is really disappointing for us. We are, as I said, we're chill girls. We're also vinegar girls. (laughs) We are salty. We love food that will give you the worst breath. Yeah. If you think of a food that will just make your breath stink, that's what I like. Garlic, onion, olive. A garlic, onion, olive. (laughs) A garlic stuffed olive? Yeah. A snack I buy for myself. <laughs> um, so we on purpose had the regular martini first and the dirty mm-hmm. martini second because we mm-hmm. thought that we would like the dirty one more and that it would give mm-hmm. us stamina mm-hmm. to have another one after. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went to this uh, next location and we ordered a dirty martini. And I completely i think blacked out what it tasted like maybe i only had like two sips and that's why i don't even remember but it was foul i thought it was worse than my first drink christina i think you thought it was better than the first drink but still way below expectations the okay because the first one i had was like ah! mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy too much i think i didn't i think i had like half of it and then Joanna had a little bit of it. And then the dirty martini at least tasted like something else. And it was shaken. I think what I wanted it to be was I wanted it to be like drinking brine. Mm-hmm. Because that sounds delicious to me. Mm-hmm. And it was not like that. It was just like a hint of brine and then like very salty. And then when I put a picture of it on my story, a bunch of people were like, that's like too much too much olive juice like it's not the right color Mm -hmm. and I was like it's not enough yeah it's not enough yeah and I had I don't know maybe half of that one and then I had my olive that was in it yeah um upon reflection I would have a martini again if I could chase every sip with an olive is that inappropriate yeah are we allowed to do that because I would do that because yeah. once then we ordered, so we're drinking these martinis. I'm like, we're, tr- we're, t- <laughs> we were talking to each other. And then we would just each take a sip and be like, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're at this like cocktail bar and no one's paying attention to us. So it's not like we're being embarrassing or anything, but I was just like, everyone here is like, not making a face after they take each sip of their drink. You could see other people. I could only see you. Oh, true. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was faced out more and I was watching people drink their drinks and I was like, we're all having a very different experience. Like I am sitting here kind of forcing myself to have this thing that I don't 
want, but I want to like so badly. And then decided to order this happy hour thing. It was vermouth for two and like a bowl of olives. And as soon as we got those olives, the night turned around. Yeah, that was great. They're just so good. There's And it's really funny that we were really just like, yeah, like this is a drink that's just going to take taste like olives. How does it not taste like olives, though? I don't know. But yeah. And then we got drunk. And then we ordered more drinks and more drinks. And then we got Greek food. And it was a really great night. Yeah. And we watched Magic Mike. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Well, you for- so you skipped over the last martini we had. Oh, my God. I forgot. Yeah. We tried also an espresso martini. Yes. Definitely number one. Yeah. Um, mostly because it was so sweet and coffee tasting. It was mm-hmm. like a delicious dessert. It was triggering the um, dopamine that coffee gives me, if that's what coffee gives me, whatever rush it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alexis, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> but that is our big story. Our big story is that we are not martini girls. We are trash PBR girls. Yum, yum, garbage. <laughs> garbage. And that's okay. Also, we were drunk and I was like tweeting all this stuff that Joanna was saying because it was funny. And I'm going to read it some of it to you. Hopefully it's not embarrassing. No, you were like over my shoulder like, yeah, tweet that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I said I had high hopes for martinis to be delicious and make me feel like a majorly cool bitch, but I would rather have a cold PBR with a side of olive juice. <laughs> And a bunch of people liked it. And I was, I like need to clarify, like, it's not a joke. Yeah. Like, it's real. It's not like, and I would rather have a PBR with olive juice. Like, that's gross. But it's not as gross as it. No, PBR with a side of olive juice. Delicious to me. Yeah. Full PBR. And then we were talking about, I don't know why we were talking about this, but I think we were like talking about something to tweet. And I was like, Joanna, like, Leo and Aquarius, like, tell me why they're friends. And this is what you said. (laughs) Do you remember this? A little bit. Okay. Leo and Aquarius pairings are extremely influential. The pairing induces jealousy in others. The two are a tornado. Once in a lifetime whirlwind relationship. You know it when you see it. It's special. It's the envy of all other Zodiac (laughs) pairings. It's a force. Volatile. (laughs) wait i made that up it sounds like something that co-star would say i know because you were talking about co-star all day i've been really into checking co-star recently yeah it's fun and then you also said a leo and aquarius pairing if done right cures cancer if done wrong atomic warfare (laughs) (laughs) that i remember it's pretty good where are we in that spectrum um I mean, we're making a podcast, so we're in the Cures Cancer. <laughs> I got it. We're doing so much. We're doing so much for others. We really are. Yeah. And so that's all. We had some reflective yes, questions. Yes, 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 yes. What's one thing that you learned from the other person this season? You know, like I took it literally like something that you presented to me in, in research. Okay. Yeah, I went a little bit more figuratively. Oh, 
and also literally because I knew that you would do it literally and that it would be a little bit silly if I just did it figuratively. (laughs) Joanna's so crazy. Okay, I'll go first then. Okay. I was thinking about the tech and time part one and two episodes because I feel like that is was a big big biggin for us and something that we both did. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we both did every episode, but the, yeah, the episode that was part one, the divide for that, you were talking a lot about human time versus computer time and like processing information and data and how like computers are able to compute faster than humans can. That's the point. And how there used to be this time where like human brains were the fastest at computing and the most efficient processors of information and now we have computers and how that's completely changed our idea of efficiency and just how a lot of interactions with computers don't encourage deep thinking they're more like a slot machine and encourage these quick hits of dopamine those are all things that I feel like we knew to an extent but I didn't think of it as taking that next step to these like the slot machine way of using these devices makes me interpret time in such a different way. Mm-hmm. Like I start thinking about how quickly I can do something. Like I feel like I I really, really overestimate the amount of things that I can get done in a day mm-hmm. every single day, especially this week, actually. I have been not completing all of my tasks every day and it's been like driving me nuts. And then the day ends and I'm like, but I I could not, I just... There's no way I could have actually done that. And I just thought that that was really interesting to think about the ways that these tools, like how how we're not just using these tools as tools, but we're also thinking of ourselves as like, like comparatively to them. Like I, I can't do this as fast as my computer can, or like, you know, if everything were automated, my life would be, I could get more things done in a day. And then you start to think about like, well, what's the point of that? Do I need to achieve all this stuff? And I guess that kind of crazy like efficiency mindset that we've mm-hmm. been talking a lot about. So yeah, I just wanted to I wanted to pull from something like kind of earlier in the in the season. But mm-hmm. that that's what I was thinking about that you taught me. Oh, I'm glad to have taught you that. So one thing that you taught me, which is um more about yourself, <laughs> is that Somehow I think you got the ham on a lot of the more disturbing or creepy episodes, or at least you spun them to be more disturbing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think like out the gate with the sex dolls, like that's a little bit inevitably creepy. Yeah. But even still, like. Like all the way up to like Web three, and then in the middle we had your like nostalgia episode. All of these like I don't know, I don't know if it was just because like I wasn't doing as much research and more like being told the research. Like to me, they were all very eerie, and I don't know if that's like just wait. What nostalgia one was eerie? I think it's just an it's like an eerie way of um, you know thinking about things i have a darkness within me Is yeah that what I, you're yeah i think i'm picking up on some bones <laughs> i'm kidding 
Joanna Joanna mixed up the phrase bone tired and bones. Well, the she made and then made up the phrase bone sad. Bone bone tired is an actual phrase, right? Bone tired is a phrase, but Joanna okay. said bone sad, and that's just so, so so sad. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. And then more practically, like mm-hmm. I know I did, and I think a lot of people found the web three episode to be particularly fascinating. Um, And I think like thinking about it in retrospect, one reason that I think it was so interesting was because like, like you alluded to at the beginning, we did a lot of like talking about technology. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of it, it was sort of in the abstract, Mm -hmm. but I think that was a good example of how technology is like, directly affecting an industry that like not a lot of us know about or would Mm -hmm. think about Mm -hmm. on the reg um Mm -hmm. so I thought that was really fascinating I also learned about the puppy bowl from you that they film it early and I learned from my brother that for that reason you're not allowed to place bets on the puppy bowl (gasps) wait wait did I say on on air about the puppy bowl no, I did because of the beagle thing. Yes. We just have hours of us talking. I'm like, did I include that? Yeah, they yeah, they filmed the puppy bowl early because like obviously they have to edit it to make it look like something happened. And we just learned that because of that, you can't place bets on it. Yeah, because it happens like people could have insider knowledge. <gasps> oh my God. Mm-hmm. Wow. But you can place bets on anything. Not the puppy bowl. I mean, not officially on the puppy bowl. I guess not like on like, like what if you sports and me betting don't platforms. Know. Well, I guess How like informally, but like not on FanDuel in the world. Yeah, whatever DraftKings <laughs> <laughs> like, in the world of sports betting. Like, I guess they don't sanction puppy bowl betting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You could have a you could have an in. Yes, as you do. I know. I do. Well, yeah. Well, I could start placing some bets. Hey. Unsuspecting people under the table. I am floored by this darkness within me that you have, you have, I'm thinking, you know, well, I mean, the sexual thing, like, yeah. And you know, what's funny <laughs> is that I was going to talk a little bit more about the sexual thing on this episode. Too. I was also going to talk about so, like that. The next thing we wanted to talk about was. Um, things that we wished we could have gotten more into. So Christina wanted to creep us out more with sex dolls. Yeah. Well, okay. First of all, first of all, first of all, I think that this like eeriness, creepiness thing that you have pointed out, I think that honestly, like because of the program that I'm in to be like always looking for like the biggest point of conflict and the thing that like makes me feel the weirdest like always like following the strangeness or like following the the uneasiness and instead of like backing away from it that I think is why I ended up doing all that stuff and that's really interesting Mm -hmm. because recently I've been like a major bitch machine about this program I'm just like I can't even I'm so fucking over it um but now I'm like I guess I I developed this new like nose for yeah way of sleuthing yeah this (laughs) this new like 
confidence in following the thing that is the most uneasy. Um, But anyway, speaking of the thing that is the most uneasy, we didn't get to talk about the woman, Alma Mayer, who is who was that first sex doll. Um, So in the sex doll episode, I kind of just like ran through the history of sex dolls. And one of them was this fucking weird doll made by Oscar. Hold on. Oh, Oscar Kokoschka, his doll of Alma Mahler. And and I talk a little bit. I like kind of tell the story of it in that episode. too. if you haven't listened to that episode, you should because it's really interesting. And maybe one of my favorites um, that I did. But so I wanted to talk more about her and I would love to do like a full episode about her because I think she's really interesting. Like what we learned or what I learned, you know, in order to do that episode was just about the doll of her. But I was like reading a little bit more about her and I should I should read a biography or something because she was a writer. But she had like so many love affairs with visual artists and her image is in like she had um she had a relationship with Gustav Klimt who famously painted the kiss that like golden portrait of two people kissing and she's not, I don't think that's based off of their relationship but like I would guess that as an early muse of his she like kind of finds her way into his stuff um she dated a lot of musicians and other visual artists she was married to Gustav Mahler and then he died and but during their marriage she was cheating on him with her music teacher Alexander Zemlinsky oh no 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 okay so no she was she dated a lot of like like big names Mm -hmm. she was with that composer they broke up then she got married to Gustav Mahler then she started cheating on him with a young architect who was Walter Gropius who was the director of, oh, I hate saying this word. I don't know how to say this word. Bauhaus, B-A-U-H-A-U-S. He was like the founder of that kind of artistic movement. Um, Anyway, I'm kind of botching this, but essentially like this woman had like major influence across a lot of like contemporary art at her time in the early 1900s, um, just because she was like, the muse for all of these different people mm-hmm. and so eventually she starts to date Oscar um Kokoschka and he commissions this doll to be made of her and this is what the correspondence to the doll maker is I have a quote from from his letter to the doll maker mm-hmm. which I'm read this is from the Paris review he writes yesterday I sent a life-size drawing of my beloved and I ask you to copy this most carefully to and to transform it into reality pay special attention to the dimensions of the head and neck to the rib cage the rump and the limbs and take to heart the contours of body e.g the line of the neck to the back the curve of the belly Please permit my sense of touch to take pleasure in those places where layers of fat or muscle suddenly give way to a sinewy covering of skin. For the first layer, inside, please use fine, curly horse hair. You must buy an old sofa or something similar. Have the horse hair disinfected. Then, over that, a layer of pouches stuffed with down cotton wool for the seat and breasts. The point of all this is for me to have an experience which I must be able to embrace. I'm very curious to see how the stuffing works. 
On my drawing, I have broadly indicated the flat areas, the incipient hollows and wrinkles that are important to me. Will the skin, I am really extremely impatient to find out what that will be like and how its texture will vary according to the nature of the part of the body it belongs to, make the whole thing richer, tenderer, more human? Take this, take as your ideal Reuben's pictures of his wife, for example, the two where she is shown as a young woman with her children. If you are able to carry out this task as I would wish, to deceive me with such magic that when I see it and touch it, I, and touch it, imagine that I have the woman of my dreams in front of me, then dear Fraulein Moose, I will be eternally indebted to your skills of invention and your womanly sensitivity as you may already have deduced from the discussion we had. She ends up putting feathers on the outside of that doll. Hmm. <laughs> Which, maybe because she was like, this man's fucking weird. Can I just say the whole time you're explaining that story, like, I thought that the Alma Maher, Mahler, Mahler, mm-hmm. Mahler, I thought she was a doll, like, dating all these people. No, no, no. She was a, she was a writer. She was a real woman. Right. Now I get that. At the end, he makes it all. But like, I don't oh, know. Yeah. If I just, I'm like, sorry. I'm sorry if I wasn't, <laughs> if I was being confusing. Sorry, everybody. No, yeah, that is she, really was, interesting. she was a person. And she yeah. was dating all these people. And then one of the last people she dated, um, you know, made this doll of her. But they broke up. Then he destroyed it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. But he didn't like the doll because it wasn't right. Because it had feathers on the outside. Mm-hmm. You guys can look it up. It's A-L-M-A space M-A-H-L-E-R. Alma Mahler doll. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought that like, like one thing I would have liked to talk more about is, and I can't like make the through line in my head, but mm-hmm. I think that there's a relationship between you know, the sex dolls present and past and like the replica AI sexy chat feature. Mm. And then also deep fakes. Yeah. There's a lot there that, like I said, I can't obviously talk about it right now because I haven't fully thought it through in my head. But like, Mm -hmm. to me, that was something that ran through the season as well and also this idea of sentience like applied to all of those things slash like empathy um which i think mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about in the sex dolls episode and obviously we talked about it in replica but like there's just a lot there that i think is interesting i think yeah i think that we've like technology has gotten to this point where we can expedite everything and we have created these places online, like in social media or just like through easy correspondence, like email, text, whatever, in which we can like connect with people faster and see what people are doing. And then I think like the next step that in my opinion and probably yours is taking it too far is like, how do I expedite my friendship even faster into like having this thing that does only what I want or watching this porn where I have like the celebrity built up in my head like I mm-hmm. want to see them you know do all these intimate things and like so I can think of myself as doing that with them or whatever you know so I think it is like like the human need or desire to experience other humans 
but with this deep insecurity of not wanting to give anything to get it, you know, like, I just want to take, I just want it to be given to me. I just want it to be given to me like this. I like the, the Alma Mahler doll, like he wanted to have her to do whatever he wanted with. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think about like in the same way, I think about it as like, there's clear boundaries for like in a one-to-one interaction of what causes harm, mm -hmm. but there's not clear boundaries in how interactions with these things that don't have sentience, that don't have feelings, how those still cause harm, Mm -hmm. like on a large scale. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing I wanted to um, talk about more is Janice Swanson, who I mentioned maybe in the episode about um, hypermasculinity in crypto as the inventor of girl tech. Mm. She is also the inventor of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, the popular video game and media franchise. And I would love to learn more about her and potentially write her biography please her people should talk to my people because she doesn't have a biography but she deserves one Mm. i she just sounds really interesting she's like a creative inventor um exploring these very interesting themes and i would have liked to talk more about her slash research her more Mm -hmm. and i have one other thing that i would have liked to talk more about that i'll talk a little bit about now which I was thinking about too, like how I said, Christina, I like how you really applied this example of Web3 to your um, field. And I was thinking about and received feedback from people about this idea of algorithms and algorithmic bias, because Mm -hmm. I think that this is something that I think about a lot that probably I talk too much in the abstract about Mm -hmm. during the course of the pod. So also... Sorry, side note, I have wanted the whole time to just bring up for everybody that abbreviating podcast as pod. Do you know why it's called podcast? No. Because originally it was for the iPod. Huh. Yeah, they were like on the iPod. So essentially, like, although the iPod doesn't exist anymore, the word podcast lives on, which I think is a really interesting thing. But also abbreviating things to pod is Apple supremacy. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, Good to know. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, petition to start calling them casts. Stop. No, that's just like the cast system. Yeah, true. Let's come up with a new word. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather say pod. Well, let's just come up with a new word. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Algorithmic bias. Let's get into it. First off, anyone who's interested in this, I have several recommendations for reading more than I can go into right now. And the most successful one, because it's free online and it's really interesting, especially if you're someone who thought that Google drama that I talked about mm-hmm. um, in the sentient AI episode was interesting. I would recommend to read the introduction of Algorithms of Oppression by Sophia Noble, um, Mm. which is free online. And the examples there 
our algorithmic bias in specifically Google search. And um, she gives a few other examples too, but mostly it's Google search, um, which is really interesting because obviously as we went into on the episode about sentient AI, there's a lot of other Google drama that doesn't even go into the search. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I would love for someone to just write a full expose on all of Google's messiness because I feel like they they're not outed enough as being kind of crazy. But that is a good one. The introduction of algorithms of oppression. I would recommend that. Mm -hmm. Um, Another good read is Weapons of Math Destruction by Kathy O'Neill. And the examples there are kind of all over the place, but follow like the through line of uh, Kathy's life a bit. Interesting examples there are like the US news rankings So the U.S. news ranks things like colleges and Mm -hmm. hospitals and cities, like all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. The U.S. news rankings are really influential. And a lot of colleges, for example, like rig their scores or they rig the statistics that they report to the U.S. news to get higher on the rankings. Mm -hmm. And really, it's just like they don't serve any purpose other than to like foster elitism among academic institutions Mm -hmm. and hospitals Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other things. So um, Kathy O'Neill goes into some of how that um, algorithm works. Also algorithms associated with um, applying for loans and applying for jobs. So a lot of interesting algorithms there. And the last book that I'll recommend is Automating Injustice by Virginia Eubanks. And this is a really interesting book where the examples of algorithms are um, algorithms for public services. So specifically like qualifications for different public programs, um, how those are automated and what kinds of implications that has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think all of that is really fascinating and I'm bummed that we didn't get to talk more about it. We have one more episode in the season next week with our very, very most special guest, um, doctor, not doctor, doctor candidate, um, PhD candidate, Meredith Barber, who's our dear friend and genius. She's going to be on to talk about this idea of the second civil war, which I think is a really good representation like large-scale craziness representation of like a lot of the factors that we've been talking about this season I keep wanting to say this semester every time I start saying that phrase I want to say this semester but yeah we're going to be talking about this idea of the second civil war with a civil war expert our friend Meredith Barber who is getting her PhD or is a, a PhD candidate at BU And we'll hear all about it from her. And we got her at such a good time, like the night before she was to be quizzed on or do her orals for this like exact topic or something. I don't know. Essentially, she was already studying this like hardcore. And then we got to talk to her about it in like peak her brain going crazy. So um, that's great. And you will get to hear it so soon. We're really excited to be finishing off the season on such a strong note. And yeah, stay tuned for our last episode. And then we'll have some announcements about season three. Joanna, do you want to say anything? Thank you guys for listening. As always, give us your feedback. 
Let us know what you think. (laughs) Thank you again for listening. What's something that you wish you heard more about? Let Mm -hmm. us know. You can text me. You can text Joanna. Mm-hmm. If you guys have our numbers, you can DM me at X-T-I-N-A-M-M, X-T-N-A-M on Instagram. You can also, uh, you know, you should you should really follow How We Live Online on Instagram and then DM us there. <laughs> but I'll take some personal Instagram followers as well. Joanna's Instagram is at data tutorials. Or send me a carrier pigeon. Yeah. It will get to me faster. Yeah, truly. And <laughs> um, thanks for tuning in. Send this to a friend to pique their interest of the whole season. Someone who's never listened. Let Make them listen to every crazy thing that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And then quiz them. Yeah. And then shame them for not knowing stuff. Mm-hmm. This podcast will make you way smarter than your friends. Yeah. And that's what we're all about here. Competition (laughs) and image. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Have a great day.